Hello, my fellow sage. It's Daniel, your host for the Stoic Sage podcast. The year is ending, and I wanted to give back to my loyal listeners of the Stoic Sage. So by giving back, I want to provide you with a free merch, which we will be opening up into the next year. So to be entered into getting this free merch, please go to at the Stoic Sage on Instagram. And I'd like you to just like and comment one of my posts and then uh, send me a DM and let me know what you think we can improve on in the Stoic Sage. Uh, what other topics you'd like to hear and or if there's anything that you'd like to have changed. Uh, this content is definitely for you guys, especially our loyal listeners. So to be entered to get a free sweatshirt or t-shirt, please give us a like, follow, and comment on one of our posts, and then send me a DM so I can uh, enter you guys into the giveaway. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with the podcast. A wise man, a Stoic philosopher, a sage. We've come a long way from the building blocks of Stoic philosophy during Roman times, and the once called lovers of wisdom has diminished from being a way of life to just an understanding of book knowledge and concepts. Join me on this journey as we build an already existing version of ourselves to create our own mentors who have the virtues we admire to keep us accountable and stay true to a future version of ourselves. This is the Stoic Sage. Whoever then understands what is good can also know how to love. But he who cannot distinguish good from bad and things which are neither good nor bad from both, can he possess the power of loving? To love then is only the power of the wise. Seneca the Younger What do the Stoics say of love? How does it translate to modern love, and can it be transferred? And in today's podcast, we discuss the philosophical principles of Stoicism that deeply impact our understanding of love and how it can be translated into the modern day. The Marcus Aurelius and Seneca were both known for writing very lovingly to their wives, constantly expressing the joy for their lover and analyzing their emotions to express that love. As a sage, it's important to understand that our philosophy is to understand our emotions and where they come from so we can control them and not let them control us. You see, I find it interesting that there is still this common stereotype that involves a man not being able to express himself, which I can confirm is mostly true. <laughs> it's a lot of work and progress, but through this journey of Stoicism, it helps us understand and dig deeper into what we feel, how we feel, and why we feel. The great Stoics were very good at this. Epictetus, in fact, argued that the only that only the lover of wisdom and rationality can truly appreciate and understand love. I myself have been in a nine-year relationship with my current fiancé. 
we are high school sweethearts. And in a later podcast, I'll get into some details into how stoicism has played a part in my love life. But that's for a later uh, episode. But the Stoics believed that love was so powerful that it can be harnessed to move past pain and suffering. It can be the wedge that prevents the mind from entering darkness, especially that of losing a loved one. Stoics loved so deeply, but at some points knew its exceptional power at standing up against their philosophical and rational thought. Thus, the Stoics loved in their own way. In contrast to the romantic lover, they made it a rational distinction, uh, the free man, essentially, the master of himself and in control of his own mind. And they also made that distinction, especially to that of a slave who was conquered by externalities. They made sure that love was important, but also made sure that they were not driven into madness by this love. To a sage, creating those distinct lines ensured you continued rational thought and expressed love without shame. An example would be a young boy falling head over heels for a girl, which would then drive him to do irrational things. Epictetus, for example, wrote uh, to to a boy specifically, unhappy men who are the slave to a girl. Tell me why do you still call yourself a free man? This statement may sound loud, but it's clear in its message when you think of lust. A man who is filled with lust for a woman will perform many tasks and bend over for a woman he lusts over. In this sense, you are not practicing temperance. Excess impulses over women drive you mad, not the love itself. Now, when I speak man, I mean... I know it can also go vice versa. So I also want to make that clear distinction that man meaning mankind. And and in most cases, it is uh, um, in regards to the bell curve, generally men. So this rings true for how much depth you have in love. In regards to excess, Marcus Aurelius actually had a difficult time when he heard the harsh truths stated by Epictetus, where he wrote, that you should remind yourself of loving that general thing before attaching yourself too deeply for that thing. Here's an example of that. You have a favorite cup and you love the look of it, but remind yourself that it is in general that you love this style and color of cups. That way, when it breaks, you are not saddened. The same goes for people you love. When you kiss a child, your wife, You should think you love the embrace felt with other humans. So Marcus was blown away by this thought by, I mean, but the reason why he eventually fell to agree in this is because we cannot change fate. We will all die one day. And that is a fate that we, that can't be tampered with. In short, the strength of our feeling won't prevent them from leaving us. They will only serve to torture us when they do leave. So we should focus on what is in our control, what is bound to us by nature, including love. Understand that you cannot possess love. We have our loved ones and should rejoice with every moment we have with them. 
But when they leave, do not allow yourself to fall in deep sorrow. If you do fall in sorrow, I want you to remember that it is natural. Don't be an unemotional rock when something like this happens. You have feelings. Just don't let them control you. Don't let them make you fall so hard that you can't get back up. Stoic love is moderated by a sense of loss, potential betrayal, and the reality of our feelings changing over time. Having accepted these basic conditions, the irrationality of these powerful biological feelings we have become more rational and thus more manageable. And these concepts prepare us to love, not fall in love. To embrace and be able to control your emotions in preparation of realities and to avoid being pained by love in such a way, as I've mentioned, that you can't pick yourself up again. It's okay to love wholeheartedly, but keep these in the back of your mind. That's really the purpose of what it means to be a stoic and in love. That you have to understand that there are biological things that we can't change, such as death, but there are things that we can, which is our mindset and how we are able to prepare. This goes in love of your friends, in love of your wife, your girlfriend, your child. This is what it means to be a stoic in love. That doesn't mean to be a little bit more colder in the sense that you won't bend over for your loved ones, that you won't go above and beyond. That's not what we're saying here. What we're saying is to ensure that these emotions that you have for these people, that you won't bend over yourself and really won't allow yourself to practice moderation in the acts that you do for love. Because if you do those on a constant basis, you grow a deeper attachment to them, which isn't necessarily bad. But there are, there are things such as fate that we can't change. So in those cases, and, we, and if we don't moderate ourselves, we can fall into an unmanageable, irrational feeling for this person. So if they leave, they betray you, if a friend betrays you, um, if a loved one passes on to the next world, we won't be so destroyed in, in those instances. So this is where moderation plays a very strong role in a lot of loving relationships. And, and I found this particular research into Stoicism very powerful. And it had me questioning a lot of things. It was actually quite funny to talk to my fiance about this. And, and, and there were moments where she was, uh, you know, she's a romantic. So it makes sense that she would want somebody to, you know, stay up until four in the morning, as I did in high school, but uh, <laughs> uh, to stay up to the early mornings of the night. And uh, but but there is essentially bending over. Right. Um, but there is a level of moderation that you have to practice because you have to focus on yourself, too. You have to build yourself to be able to love. You don't just fall in love. You must be also mentally prepared for it. And, and a lot of times you prepare within that love uh, in, in some cases, especially if you find that person very early on in your life. 
such as I. But um, that is for another uh, podcast if I, if I talk about myself a little more personally. But that's really what this uh, Stoic episode was about. Moderation within love. Thank you for stopping by. The Stoic Sage is on Instagram at the.stoic.sage. I post a podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. Just remember, one day at a time and one step at a time. Be confident in yourself to create the best version of yourself. Until next time, this is the Stoic Sage.